Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation of, on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Sunday, August the 6th, 2023. It is the Feast of the Transfiguration of our Lord, which we are celebrating instead of celebrating the 18th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Our reading is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell anyone, do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. So, uh, I always get tempted to uh, tell a certain joke when I hear this reading. I'm sorry, please forgive me. About a man who uh, woke up in the morning and thought he was a teepee. Woke up the next day, thought he was a wigwam. The next day, he thought he's a teepee again. And he goes and tells his doctor this whole thing. And he's like, I don't know what I am. I wake up in the morning, I'm a teepee. The next day, I'm a wigwam. I'm a teepee. I'm a wigwam. I'm a teepee. I'm a wigwam. And the doctor says, hold on a minute. I know what's wrong with you. You need to relax. You're too tense. Get it? And teepee, wigwam, they're he's too tense. Anyway. So Peter wants to build these tents. How often we want to stay in the moment of glory, <clears throat> or we keep reliving the moment of glory. Nothing wrong in doing that as a meditation. Nothing wrong even in doing that as remembering the good moments of our lives, remembering holidays, remembering moments that we were successful, and then trying to strive for that success again, as long as it's not done in a prideful way where we think we're better than others and our whole existence centers around a moment where we got some recognition. I mean, if we need that recognition, then that's something we need to look at. And that's actually what I wanted to talk about today. First of all, let's just talk briefly about the transfiguration itself. There's lots of saints and theologians that talk about the meaning of this feast, the meaning of this event, and it being a very important event. Pope John Paul made it one of the... Uh, luminous mysteries of the rosary when he added these five mysteries. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. And he is glorified. It's a similar moment to his baptism where the father speaks from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So Jesus is given the greatest possible affirmation anybody could ever receive. There are some people that have received a lot of affirmation from their parents, and there are a lot of people who have not. 
as we go through life, we tend to get the most affirmation from our accomplishments. Well, what if we're not accomplishing things? What if we're just trudging through the day-to-day stuff? Some people are very well adjusted because they had parents that always lifted them up and told them how special they were. Sometimes people have spouses that are like that. Sometimes not. Sometimes people have warm, loving families and extended families where there's just lots of, you know, the presence of the other, the affirmation of the other, the enjoying fun moments with the other. And some people do not. When we read about the different love languages, there's different ways that we build each other up and everybody gives differently and everybody receives differently. And the more we learn about this, the better we can be at loving and receiving love. Sometimes, let's just say it's not your love language to receive gifts. Other people love it. So you might get all these gifts and think, eh, these people really don't care that much about me. Well, maybe it's because that's not your love language. And maybe that has something to do with your upbringing. Maybe that's just part of who you are. It's written in your DNA. I don't know. I don't know how all that works at the deepest level. The five love languages are affection, time spent, which they say is the most important one. That's the greatest form of affirmation, just being with. But there's also compliments, words of encouragement. There's also gift giving, and then there's also service. Sometimes you could just think you're loving a person to no end, but if you don't get up and help with the dishes, that person is not receiving your love. (laughs) Isn't that something? And then other people don't have that as a love language, and you get up to help with the dishes, and they're offended. Well, what do you think? I can't do my own dishes? It's amazing. So we need to learn each other's love languages. And, you know, of course, with the people that are closest to us, this needs to be a regular practice. But then beyond that, striving to do this with everyone, you know, to the degree that is appropriate. So once again, about the transfiguration, Jesus is on his way to die. So he receives glory from the father. He is built up. He is inspired to go up that mountain. Moses and Elijah testify on his behalf by appearing next to him. I would want to ask the apostles one day, how did you know that was Moses and Elijah? Was Moses carrying the Ten Commandments? I mean, otherwise, how would you know? That's an old guy with robes on. I mean, how do you know that's Moses? Unless the Father tells you, unless the Spirit speaks it into your mind, into your heart. How do you know that's Elijah? And then what they represent, Elijah represents the age of the prophets. And so much prophecy leading to the Messiah. Moses represents the law, the Ten Commandments. And the freedom of the Israelites, which was about to be achieved in a far greater manner through Jesus' death and resurrection. And they represent so many other things. They represent the Father. They represent the Old Testament. They, on a human level, are giving Jesus tremendous affirmation by being there with him, by testifying to him. It goes back to Jesus' words. There's something greater than Solomon here. There's something greater than Jonah here. There's something greater than Moses and Elijah here. That's why they're testifying to him. So that's amazing. So it's just a great thing to meditate on when we celebrate this feast. We all need affirmation. We all need love. We all need somebody to tell us, you know, you're doing a good job. We all need people to spend time with us. We all need hugs. 
and Jesus as man. Imagine this. Imagine, you know, he's perfect, so it's not like he's going to slide into depression or excessive anxiety or anything like that. You know, all Jesus's emotions are going to be healthy and normal. Jesus's thoughts are going to be healthy and normal. But imagine how hard it is knowing that you're God and being here on earth among people. They use the analogy that if a human being were to become an ant, let's just say you have an ant farm and you love your ants so much you want to become one of those ants. (laughs) This, what Jesus did, is still a greater stretch than that because he's infinite, immortal God and he becomes one of us. But he loves us. He loves us intensely. So he becomes one of us, but he, and he lives among us, and he has the best mother. And really, St. Joseph, I, <laughs> we don't know the extent of the theology of St. Joseph, you know, how perfect he is, etc. We're told he's a just man, so I'm sure he's the greatest of fathers. But St. Joseph dies. He's no longer here on earth physically. Our Lady is the best of mothers, obviously. She's not with Jesus 24-7. Jesus knows he belongs in heaven next to the Father. But he goes through this world, and there's got to be some loneliness. We all struggle from loneliness. I'll bet you Jesus' loneliness was the greatest of all lonelinesses. And he especially felt it as he went to the cross. He's carrying our sins. He's been rejected by everybody except his small group of close followers. And he knows where his life is headed. It's to a cross, the greatest form of torture. So Jesus has every reason to suffer from depression and anxiety. But we know because of his perfection, he doesn't do it in a way that's, you know, clinically uh, sick, you know, anything like that. But he um, still on a human healthy level, he's got every reason to have negative emotions, yet he perseveres. He's very strong. So imagine, you know, he still needs love. He still needs affirmation. I'm sure his apostles give him affirmation. It's kind of like if you're a parent, your kids give you affirmation. That's nice. They're not going to satisfy the longings of your heart, but it's nice. You know, they, when your kids love you, his apostles, they're screw ups in a lot of ways, but at the same time, they love him. They follow him. Even our lady, she's a creature. He's God. So on a human level, you know, I'm sure it's the most satisfying relationship anybody could have, you know, to have a mother who's perfect, but at the same time, you know, she's just a creature and he's the creator. So for the father to speak to him, this is my beloved son. It's affirmation that Jesus needs, you know, especially when we're talking about he's human, he's become one of us. He's emptied himself of his divinity. So it's something that he needs and that he receives from his perfect father. He's the perfect son. He receives love from his perfect father. It's a perfect thing, even though Jesus is, you know, there's definitely a temptation, a struggle there. Definitely there's a, there's a lot that he's dealing with. There's a lot of suffering in the life of Jesus. <clears throat> and it's just a great thing to meditate with as we, I don't know, you might have a really difficult meeting at work this week. You might have difficulties in your family. Let's go down a list of all the things that we struggle with. The Father wants to affirm you and me the same way he affirmed Jesus. Never mind the fact that he puts people in our lives to love us. The more we see that, the more we realize that who God has put in our lives to love us. 
Let's build those relationships. Let's keep going back to those people. Let's love them and show them our appreciation. Let's lean on them, but also, you know, make sure we're not excessive that we lose the friendship because we're too needy. Neediness is not necessarily a bad thing as long as we're attentive to the needs of the other person and we're trying to be selfless. And speaking in honesty, like, hey, I'm sorry if I'm needy, but yeah, this is what I'm going through. But mostly in our prayer life, leaning on the Father, imagine in your meditation today, tomorrow, this week, that this is the Father speaking to you. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. I am pleased with you. You make me happy. I delight in you. Meditate on that. Sit with that. Journal about that and grow in that. God made you. God made me to be loved by him. It's the number one reason you exist. I know the catechism tells us it's to worship him. Yes, that's true too. We worship him, but it's in response to the love that he gives us. And even that's not 100% true. We should worship him no matter what. But my point is, why did God the Father make you and me? It wasn't because he said, oh, I'm God and I need to be worshiped a little bit more. So let me make another one. No, he's all loving. He's not prideful. That love is pouring out of him constantly. And that's why when he thought of you in particular, you, he said, I have a little bit more love here. In fact, I have infinite more love here. And I want to make this person and give my love to this person. So it's a great thing to meditate with that you are his beloved son, his beloved daughter. He loves you insanely and he wants to build you up. He knows your needs. And let's just make that our focus in our prayer. Lord, what are you going to do for me this week? How are you going to love me more this week? He's delighted when we receive his love. He gives to us in all the love languages and he's asking us to receive in all these ways as well. Then we can go and do all our good deeds. But let's open up our hearts and realize his great love for us. Let's receive that love and build up just more and more and more that feeling of self-worth, self-esteem, gratitude, all those things that we need the Father wants to give us. Have a great day. God bless you.